Monsters are real. Ghosts are real, too. They live inside us, and sometimes they win. Stephen King, The Shining. Violent Vice contains graphic and explicit content, which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Violent Vice. My name is Audie Griffith. And I'm John John. Hello. If you guys could do us a favor, hit that subscribe button, give us five stars, and write a review. We'd really, really appreciate it. So, so much. Very much. And this is our Halloween week episode. I'm terrified about what you're about to do to me. Oh, I've been waiting so, so long to do this episode, and I'm so excited for it. And I know. And I even got the permission from an author of a certain book to use some material to tie some of the tie-in lines together, which I, was really, really nice, and I'm just so thankful. And this is such a spooky story. It's creeped me out researching it, and I'm just excited to dig right into it but i can't wait for the nightmares i know but before we do i have some stuff to plug before we get into the episode so we have a bonus episode coming out for halloween on halloween for you guys so that'll be a lot a lot of fun and we have a guest coming too which will be super fun and after Halloween, we will be taking a two-week break to November 18th for the podcast. I'm going to be out of the country during that time, so I won't be able to record and edit episodes. So there will be a little bit of a holiday, but we'll come back regularly scheduled weekly on November 18th. Hooray! Hooray! So some other news, too, in my personal life. Mm-hmm. This is a big one. But Matt proposed. My longtime boyfriend is now my fiance. So that's Hooray. so much fun. Super yeah. romantic. That was kind of why the blog was a little bit behind the last two weeks. Um, but it's I'm all sure that's understandable. Yeah, but it's all caught up now. All the sources and pictures and everything are on there. And it'll be Wonderful. caught up after this week as well. So. I'm just excited to get into it. So, mm-hmm. kind of personal life stuff, but yeah. yeah. Starting on a happy note before you destroy me emotionally. I know. I, I see what you're doing. I, I see what you're doing. I, I figure, you know, <laughs> like, butter people up a little bit, get them ready to be scared, because, oh, man. <laughs> yep. It is spooky season, so. It is spooky season. All right, then. So, are you ready to be spooked? No. Are you going to do it anyway? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know me so well. Yep. So I want to start this podcast with a warning. 
people have fallen ill, gotten headaches, and had flies appear. This says scared dogs. And while researching, listening, and interacting with this haunted doll. So, with respect and hopefully her permission, I want to tell you the story of Peggy the Doll. This information comes from Jane Harris's book, Peggy the Doll, A Very Different Taunting. Jane's not only the author, but was one of the caretakers of Peggy. With her permission, I'm using some information from her book to tie timelines, background segments, and people's encounters together. So, I've also gotten information from several sources which you can find on the blog and there will be links to jane harris's page as well as her book as well yep you're going to destroy me yep this is terrible this is terrible and you had to do that warning that just listening or researching about it could affect your life well thanks for that i was almost feeling safe being this far away but no oh, now i'm gonna get affected by this yeah sorry i know this one you can blame me at blame it on me mm. um but anywho i highly recommend jane harris's book because it gives incredible details on several encounters with this doll and she leaves you wanting to know more about peggy she also has a book called What Dwells Within, which is also really good, about, and it discusses some of her more haunted objects as well. Oh, so she's a collector. Yes, and we'll get into it. Uh-oh. All right. I've got my pants, wedding pants on. I'd say I'm about as ready as I could be. All right. So we're going to go back to September 9th, 2014 dear sir madam i'm writing this in hopes you can please help me i've reached a point which i can't carry on this way let me just explain that i've always had a huge belief in the paranormal the idea that spirits are all around us i don't know they could affect the living in the way they have been affecting me i have this doll here and i am sure is causing my house and maybe even me to be haunted I have read that you have a lot of experience in this area, so please reply and tell me what to do. The doll is no longer in my house and I won't have it here. I can't sleep and today is the fifth day that I have been awake, no sleep at all. There is a figure that comes to me in the night and stands at the edge of my bed. It's a dark lady. I think, but it doesn't move or speak and I end up being frozen in fear. I try putting a cross in my room and praying, but it doesn't help. Please come soon, JW. So this email was considerably longer than this, and I did paraphrase it, as well as Jane did paraphrase it in her book as well. JW had had experiences of sleep paralysis, nightmares, felt drain, started hallucinating, and she had the doll even blessed twice by a priest. But that just made things worse. She tried putting the doll in different rooms and out of the house, but she couldn't get the doll out of her head. So, a little bit about Jane. Jane works with her husband, Simon, and psychic Hazel Myers and their company, HD, Haunted Doll Paranormal. They typically have a procedure when stuff like this happens, but Jane had a feeling that this time, time was of essence, and she replied that they would be there later that week. When they got to JW's house, they were led to a garage where there was a bundle and a red blanket. When Jane unwrapped the bundle, it revealed blonde hair, blue eyes, 
and a face. J.W. is trembling and covering her mouth desperately to try to suppress a screamer or cry. And Jane says, I've never witnessed such an overwhelming fear towards an object before, but since owning Peggy, I have grown accustomed to reactions of those affected. It was at this moment I had the first of many abnormal experiences with Peggy. My ears began ringing, then buzzing. It was a combination of realization and panic. My head began to feel numb, and the buzzing went up a pitch. It was maybe 60 seconds, but it felt much longer. Simon took the doll to the car, and Jane then went with Hazel to the house to take notes with JW, and then they left. So, normally, HD begins their paranormal investigating immediately, but Jane this time was apprehensive. In November 2014, roughly six weeks after they received Peggy, she began to feel really fatigued and ill. Hazel ended up taking Peggy on November 13th in hopes that Jane could feel back to normal. In just four days, she did. Jane, in the meantime, researched what she could that would make her feel this way and found out that psychic drain or psychic attack explains it. It's where spirits drain and make use of the energy of the living. And three weeks' time after protections were placed around Peggy in the house, Peggy returned to Jane. By January 2015, Jane's house had returned to normal, so it was then time to start investigating. They typically update their page and investigations, and this is what they did in February. In February 2015, we first showed a photo of Peggy on our Facebook page. At the time, it was just the doll with no name, no ideas about her, or details were shared. In short, no one knew anything about her, yet scores of people were being affected in similar ways by just seeing her image. No one had read the experiences of others. In just 24 hours, it was hard to deny something extraordinary was happening. Over 80 people had written in and had felt its effects without knowledge of each other's experiences. The following is a couple of examples of what was sent to Jane, and this is in her book. At 9.01 a.m. Okay, hold on. Just a post on Facebook. Nearly 100 people just got freaked out by something. Yeah, it's just a photo of a doll, no name or information, and people have written in to her. Don't show me a picture. I won't. Thank you. 9.01 a.m. Jane, when you get a chance, can you contact me? I've had a migraine and palpitation since seeing your doll, J. Claire. 11.15 this is weird. Can dogs and cats sense evil? Since I opened the photo of that doll, my little terrier Molly has been snarling and growling at the screen. I'm a bit freaked. J. Carlton. Jane describes in her book that people had felt so strongly about the photo to contact her when they were minimally contacted before this post. She wanted to see a medium to unravel some of the mysteries surrounding the doll. Jane got Hazel to do a couple seances with Peggy with varying results. However, one seance had an almost deadly consequence. On March 16th, Jane was bringing Peggy to Hazel's when she uploaded a video of her and Peggy to the Facebook page about what they were going to do. Katrine Redick, who had a great interest in the case, was looking into it and started to feel something when she saw the video of Peggy on Facebook. 
She reached out to Jane wondering what was going on with Peggy after watching the video. She didn't feel right looking at Peggy. Other messages that day they received were to remove their cross because they were provoking an evil spirit. At the seance, Hazel sent something. We are provoking something today, I think. I don't know what it is yet, but I feel like something was about to happen. Katrine Redick at the time suffered a heart attack. She was healthy beforehand, never had any health issues, and then had a heart attack within two minutes of viewing the video. Just kind of going back or whatnot, this heart attack is attributed to Peggy. Yeah. Heart attack from a video that would typically be just innocent. Yeah. That's weird. Yep. So, in April of that year, Jane had decided to ask Peggy questions with an EMF reader and record the session. She did get appropriately timed EMF responses, but during the interview, she hadn't realized that the doll had moved until it fell over and knocked over the camera. The camera then subsequently turned off. When reviewing the footage at three times speed, you could clearly see it move. She had shared it to her YouTube channel and had not predicted that it would be picked up by local and then national news. You can see the video on the Daily Mail link in our blog. Members of the public then reached out with their testimonials on how after watching Peggy the doll, they became ill and many of their dogs freaked out. Due to how many people had chest pains, illnesses, and their family's safety and their own experiences in May of that year, they decided to withdraw details to the public of their investigation until they knew more of what they were dealing with. So, how do they proceed safely? They waited until October to proceed. They conducted voluntary group experiments with Peggy as kind of a fundraiser get-together. People brought their cameras and EMF readers. Jane provided talking boards, which are slightly different than Ouija boards, um, as they emit some aspects out. In a small space with Peggy where small groups could come and go, they set up the setting so like small groups could come in, ask Peggy questions, and then they would leave thereafter. Latita Hemming's experience, which you can read the full version of in Jane's book, was very, very interesting, and I'm going to summarize it here. Peggy answered other questions in Latita's group, but when she asked Peggy one, Peggy told her to leave, which she did then immediately. She came back in with a different group after some time, and she started to feel ill. After she asked Peggy if she could touch her, to which the doll replied no, and then get out. And that was just one experience from this fundraiser with dealing with Peggy the doll. So... Just this one person in particular of that first group went in, asked her a question, didn't get answered, was just told to leave. Came back, asked if she could just touch her. She said no and to get out. Yep. All while feeling gradually more and more ill. Yes. Duly noted. Yep. You don't want to touch Peggy. Mm. So there's a couple more experiences during that time, but again, you can read them in Jane Harris's book. All right. So taking 
a slight setback to April 2015, Jane received an email to appear on a certain show in December of that year with the request to bring along Peggy. When December 7th rolled around of 2015, they shipped Peggy via mail. They didn't want to travel with her, just in case, you know, stuff would happen. And then they flew from the UK to Las Vegas to meet the one and only Zach Bagans. Or as my other favorite podcast, and that's why you drink crew, calls them Zach Bagel Bites. I just think it's a funny name. Bagel Bites? Yeah. Christine and um have like a thing with Zach Bagans. It's pretty funny. But mm. yeah. Like Frodo Bagans or different? Uh, it's spelled pretty much the same. Oh. Yeah. I think I like this person. Yeah, but anyways, Zach blocked Christine on Twitter. There was a thing, and it was just kind of funny. Oh. Yeah. They're also a spooky show. It's They're good mm. to listen to. So Jane goes into how the set was, what they all filmed, how long it took, and what happened during it, which is kind of a whole ordeal within itself. There's an IMBD link for this episode on our blog as well. To set the stage, they had a chair for Jane, a chair for Zach, and a chair for Peggy. Peggy's head, however, was covered with a bag. While Zach Bagans collects haunted dolls, he's kind of afraid of them. And Zach Bagans also like runs has a couple shows like Ghost Adventures and Deadly Possessions, which is what this show is that they are going to be on. So... Back to it. Are those TV shows or radio shows, podcasts, or... Those are TV shows. Oh. And he has a haunted museum in Las Vegas. Oh. Only in Vegas. Yep. So, again, to set the stage, there's a chair for Jane, a chair for Zach, and a chair for Peggy. Peggy's head was covered with a bag, because while Zach, again, collects dolls, he's afraid of them. Zach began interviewing Jane, and Jane had a explained that she had been working with haunted objects for over 17 years at this point, but had never experienced anything like Peggy. This statement kind of made Zach really uneasy. One strange thing is that during this episode, and you can see it while playing the episode, is that Zach was bombarded by flies as soon as Zach started suggesting Peggy didn't like the attention. Only he was affected by this too. Flies really aren't that common in Las Vegas, and during filming, Peggy's camera had randomly shut off. When they were finally removed the bag, Zach had Jane move her so that Peggy wasn't looking directly at him. Then after the interview was finished, Zach hosted a seance with Jane, and Katrine Redick, who if you remember earlier on, was the one that had a heart attack. He flew her in too. The seance which is on the episode of Deadly Possessions, looked healing for Katrine, or at least cathartic. Then Jane shipped Peggy back after the, they were done filming, and she flew back to the UK, and boy, were her arms tired. Ha, ha, ha. Ha. Sorry. Ha. ha. <laughs> it's not like you're just in the middle of freaking me out and you pull that out. I know. I thought, I thought that would be a good break for you. Hmm. I just feel bad for whatever random mailman had to handle Peggy. Uh, that would be weird. Yeah. 
Just you, picturing like a post office x-ray where like there's just this doll going through the x-ray and the person's mm-hmm. just like, oh, it's just a doll. And then it looks at him or something. It's just like, ah, ugh. Mm. Yeah. You don't want to insult Piggy. You want to be very, very careful. And it's, yeah. I imagine she's freaking a lot of people out. I don't want to get on the bad side. Yeah. So in February, I believe this is 2016, Olivia Taylor, or trainee paranormal investigator, contacted Jane and wanted to investigate Peggy by herself. They discussed it, planned for it to happen in a hotel and not in either house, just so that whatever happened would not affect their daily lives, and that Olivia would get a health check before then. She didn't want another Katrine Redick case to happen. Hazel had contacted Jane that week saying she got a message from Peggy saying, see what I can do, which concerned both of them. So Hazel was the medium that had worked with Peggy in the past, just to clarify. Okay. And she's the one doing the investigation at a hotel? No, Olivia Taylor is a trainee that wants to do the investigation at the hotel. Hazel was just the medium who got a message from Peggy. Hazel had worked with Peggy before, and Peggy had said, see what I can do. Well, that's not foreboding. I know, right? Mm. What happened? So, Jane arrives before Olivia on the 27th to get Peggy settled. She set up EMF readers, recorders, and motion detectors. Olivia was told it was best that she wouldn't touch Peggy. Jane left a bottle of holy water on the counter and then left at 8.30 p.m. At 2.30 a.m., she got a distress call from Olivia. Olivia recounts the next six hours in Jane's book, saying that the first three hours were pretty uneventful. She then started to get temperature fluctuations, even though that the air was off. She started to question Peggy, seeing if she could get any responses. Then her entire right side went cold. The EMF registered a change. A tingling feeling grew from her wrist up her arm. She tried to run her hand under hot water, and she went to Peggy and asked Peggy, Are you doing this? The room then spun. She lost some time. She somehow managed to get a hold of Jane by reaching her phone, and the next thing she remembered was the paramedics. She suffered a loss of oxygen to the brain, which she could have very much easily died from. She still, however, does paranormal work to this day, just not with Peggy. So she, like, basically was choked to death? No, but like, not killed, but like, to the point where she wasn't getting any oxygen to her head, or was it more like a stroke type thing? It was kind of more of a stroke type thing. Oh, oh. not ex- like loss of oxygen to the brain. Yeah. Okay. So first a heart attack, now a stroke. Yep, and remember, she got checked out by a health professional before this happened. Hmm. Hmm. Concerning. Yeah. So, April 16th, 2017, the Deadly Possessions episode aired, 
and a plethora of people had reactions to Peggy. And Peggy was then trending on Twitter. However, when Katrine Redick had watched the episode, she had naturally thought of Peggy, and she suffered a stroke. She was in the hospital, but recovering. So she was the one that had the heart attack originally, and then she got a stroke after watching that episode. So that's kind of, kind of upsetting for her. I don't know what Penny has against her in particular, but apparently she's a target. Peggy, yeah. Did I say Penny? Yeah. Oh. I didn't mean to say Penny. I'm a little concerned now. Just say sorry, that's all. I am sorry, though. Okay. I didn't mean that. Don't hurt me. (laughs) So, a quick blurb besides this. Jane went on the Paris talk show... Let Emission D'Anton in 2016 talking about her work without Peggy. But the host had eventually brought up a picture of Peggy during the segment, and he had subsequently started getting attacked by flies again. So that's kind of very interesting. And flies are usually a demonic sign or demonic presence, so this is very concerning. Yeah, but it's always the TV show host. Yeah. Well, like, they're the ones that are kind of antagonizing Peggy. Yeah, but still, it's just like, maybe it's just she's not a fan of talk shows. Yeah. Could be. Because, I mean, it's not happening to any of the people that are brought to these shows to talk to them. It's just the talk show hosts. Yeah. So... Maybe a game show? Have they tried that yet? I don't think so. I don't think Mm. a game show would be really the best thing to bring Peggy on, though. It's up to the test, I feel like. Oh, boy. It's just like, maybe she wants to have fun. Game shows are fun. Talk shows are boring. Oh, jeez. In my personal opinion. Okay. Okay. (laughs) in january 2017 zach baggins again reached out to jane jane knew it was peggy's next chapter to be sent to him she'd have her own room in his museum with him when peggy was sent to him so zach has the museum like i was explaining before peggy set up after the haunted dolls exhibit in her own room and she has a spirit box which says out words or whatnot, and it's supposed to communicate between them and you, basically. So that's kind of her setup in Zach's museum. And Jane fully agreed to send Peggy to him. Before I get into the spiritual side, however, Jane has many witnesses and testimonies in her book to what Peggy has done. And I just wanted to say, whether it's like the placebo effect or whatnot i've had a headache basically every time working on this story whether it's reading jane's book typing the notes or even right now kind of reading my notes so while naturally a skeptic i think i'm more cautious than anything when dealing with peggy so this is just kind of very interesting for me too and very very spooky i mean i'm unsettled I don't know if that counts as anything because, I mean, 
even if it wasn't Peggy, I feel like I'd be unsettled on something like this. But yeah. No headache. No. But, like, again, I have my glasses on, like, I'm trying my best, but the headache's still there. And it's been, like, every mm. time. So, again, could be placebo, but I'm, I'm a little freaked when it comes to Peggy. Okay. Uh, if I have, like, a headache tomorrow, I will blame you. Yeah. That's fine. Not Peggy, because it's worse, but you. That's okay. Blame it on me. <laughs> okay okay so now kind of into the spiritual side since we have told you guys peggy's story harrison had several psychic mediums visit her home to meet peggy each of which said that the spirit allegedly inhabits the doll was restless frustrated and had been persecuted in life psychics and medium who have already come into contact with peggy say that she has had an aversion towards the crucifix that either proves she is not Christian or demonic. Experts tend to think that the opinion that the spirit may be connected to the Holocaust. They suppose that the spirit can be a wayward soul of a Jewish woman who died from a disease causing breathing problems like an asthma attack. We have been advised by five psychic mediums on separate occasions that there is a male and female spirit around the stall. The female gives her name as Peggy. The male never steps forward to communicate, but it's his energy that is felt and described as dark and nasty. It is believed that he is responsible for the string of negative experiences people continue to report both privately and publicly across social media. We have kept a log of all evidence and experiences over a two-year period. These include EVPs, Photographs of mysterious and shadows, photographs of mysterious shadows and strange light anomalies, unexplainable number of deaths amongst animals, EMF meter readings and fluctuations in direct response to questioning, a string of independent witnesses' testimonies, chairs shaking during group seances, insect infestation while filming, physical scratches. Specific messages relate to individuals through automatic writing, unexplainable smells that appear and disappear quickly, night terrors, disembodied footsteps, extreme changes in temperature, continued reports of health concerns following viewing Peggy's image or videos. And that is from Jane Harris's HD website. So I don't like the health risks of like pres prescriptions. Just like a lot of, just like a huge frick. It's like they have a really speedy guy read all at the end. It's just like side effects may include these things. Yeah. That, it's extensive. It is. I know that you had to sign a waiver before you go into Zach Bagans Museum, which is weird. I, I imagine that adds more like wonder to the museum as well it's just like oh this could be dangerous Ooh. like adding that kind of effect but still hard to sue some because their doll is haunted but i imagine it would happen in vegas if it could yeah mm. Mm. uh so, Adi, what, ex 
What symptoms are you suffering from besides the headache? It was just the headache for me. Just just the headache, not night terrors, random footsteps? No. Are the pets okay? Pets are fine. I've been protective of them, but the pets are fine. Even Matt? Yeah, Matt's fine. Matt's always <laughs> fine. I love Matt. He's great. Yeah. All right. But, night terrors though yeah oh that'd be weird i mean like the one thing that did happen but i'm not attributing this to that i'm just attributing it to like a weird day so i had brought these books on my trip to florida where matt proposed mm-hmm. and the two flights there were the absolute worst flights i have ever had and they were back to back which kind of made it a little bit freaky um why is that so the <laughs> first one uh from that flew from my town to chicago like a little flight the flight itself would drop 300 feet or so like every five minutes in the air and it was only like a 35 40 minute flight we just kept he- hitting these heat pockets where the plane would all of a sudden drop it was like being on a roller coaster, except you couldn't see where the roller coaster was going. And I had my stomach in my throat like the whole time, just wanting to throw up. Mm. And then uh, the next one, uh, I felt so terrible. But the guy next to me, he passed out from a heat stroke on the plane, but the plane wasn't that hot. He just like overheated and whatnot. And he just like passed out. And it was oh. just really, really creepy because he was, like, right next to me. Hmm. And so was, was the first light, like, one of those uh, smaller planes where, like, there's just two side rows where there's, like, two chairs? Or was it, like, a yeah. big, like, big, no, it was a small one? Yeah, the first one was a small one with just the two rows, so on either side so like i mean i get small aircrafts and everything but the flight back from the same was a lot smoother no turbulence and Mm. i yeah i don't know it was just terrible did they at least like have like the seatbelt sign and stuff like like the pilot going over the intercom saying like we're experiencing these sort of things no it's just a random thing so like the seatbelt sign was on the whole time it was a short enough flight but the thing that got Matt and I is that the flight crew said nothing the whole time. And we're like, what the heck? Like, this was the worst plane ride I've ever been on. And, like, I've been on, like, little two, two-seater two and six-seater planes before that are a lot more unsteady. Those are, that was, like, way more flat than this plane that we went on that, you know, had, like, 20 row or 20 seats per mm. column or per row, I guess, you know. Well, maybe it's surprisingly normal when you go from north to south if none of the other workers on the plane reacted to it. Maybe, but I like coming from south to north, though, on the way back, it was a lot smoother. And like the pilot said, hey, we may experience some turbulence. We're going to leave the seatbelt sign on the whole time. There's absolutely no turbulence. But on the way there, there's nothing read over the intercom. So that was what got me. Mm. yeah Mm. weird yeah so that was like the only other thing but i was just reading the book at the time but i'm not attributing it to that because i feel like that was just too much of a weird coincidence 
or like too weird and odd like i wouldn't yeah strange 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 yeah but flight experiences i mean i don't mind flying but those were just like the two worst flights and by worst i like for the second one with the guy passing out like i don't mean like that was a bad flight necessarily the flight crew did amazing handling the guy and the guy ended up being all right it was just scary at the time because the guy was right next to me and he passed out Mm. it's just like the most unusual type flights maybe not like the worst experience just yeah freaky yeah just freaky okay yeah because i had a couple that were just like really bad experiences but it wasn't because of anything freaky it's just lots of inconvenient Ooh. yeah i would call those i would call those bad flights but yours is just like freaky yeah odd yeah. strange yeah so um besides what i read there's quite a few stories and i'll have links to on the episode of people viewing peggy in the museum and like their batteries going dead and uh like energy being drained and some headaches from interacting with her as well as some uh, words or phrases that she said on the spirit box that people were talking about, like, just beforehand or something that, me- like, means something to uh, the person viewing it. So, like, she's very smart in the museum. It's just very, very creepy what she can all do. And, I mean, she's very powerful, I feel like, but... And is she still there? Yeah, she's still in Zach Bagan's museum. Okay. So if you're in Las Vegas, it's a good place to go see. Yeah. I wouldn't say doing that right after, like, Celine Dion or something like that, but... Mm, actually, if it was just me, I probably just wouldn't go. But I know you would, Audie. Oh, yeah. You'd oh, probably yeah. go twice. Probably. yeah you're an odd one i am so john john what did you think of our spooktacular month now that we have recorded everything you may not Uh, have heard everything but we have recorded everything yeah but still i mean i was glad that i was at least the one contributing to a decent amount of the spooky stuff and not being the only one traumatized so i appreciate that yeah still really freaky yeah still pretty freaky yeah um i'm gonna be paranoid about like any weird bodily functions for the rest of my night yeah and it was a doll story too i know those are the worst i know i thought the black eyed kiss was pretty bad but then you just up the game and then it was freaking dolls <laughs> Well, I mean, dolls are kind of scary. Just wait till I have more like little kid scary stories. Don't do that to me. <laughs> Don't do that. It, it'll be a while. I'm I'm going back into the criminal aspect again November 18th when we return from our short break. Okay. But be sure to catch again the Halloween episode on Saturday. When yeah, it was a lot of fun. Adi is probably having the most fun out of all of us there 
I did. I did. I did. It's a good episode, so you guys should tune in on Saturday. It'll be a lot of fun. It will. Well, Audie, what would you do if you found out you had a doll in your house that was haunted? Would you donate it to that museum to join the ranks of Peggy and the other such freaky dolls? Or would you try to make your own museum? I would donate it. I, I'm not in the capacity to handle a haunted object. Oh, speaking of which, uh, Jane Harris's book also has, like, answers to questions on, like, why don't you burn it and, like, all this stuff. Well, burning the doll that's a haunted, or burning any haunted object just releases the spirit so, like, it can attach to something else like you. So that's why you don't burn haunted objects. That was kind of cool. She has a whole bunch of answers to like commonly asked questions in the back of her book. It was enlightening to read. I'm sure also kind of useful. Yeah. Does any of it match with stuff that you saw in Supernatural? Because I know you're a fan of that show. I mean, a little bit, but Supernatural goes more on the uh, theoretical side, I guess. Mm. So, some right, some not. Yeah. But okay. that's like every book to show, to movie. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. Huh. I'm sad that the show's coming to an end, though, this season. Uh, it's been going on for a while. Yeah. Still, though. Good show. Good show. I'd recommend. Yes. Do you want to end uh, Peggy the Doll episode and take us out with our contacts and plugs? Sure. If you haven't already, please give us five stars, subscribe, and spread the word about us on whatever podcast version thing you are listening to us on. We would really appreciate the extra publicity, and I'm pretty sure you'd like to disturb many of your friends if you're anything like Audie. If you want to follow us on Facebook, you can do so at Violent Vice Podcast, as well as on Instagram at Violent Vice Podcast. No ampersands in the title. It is B-I-L-E-A-N-D-V-I-C-E podcast. I spelt it all right, and I'm pretty proud of that. And if you want to leave a comment or even just follow us on Twitter, you can do so at Violent Vice. Or support us on Patreon at also Violent Vice. And any donation is really helpful. Plus, it lets you see a lot of interesting extras about Audie disturbing me if this wasn't enough spooky for you <laughs> but that about does it oh you could oh we email. also yeah well email and paypal uh PayPal. which are yeah which are the same so if you want to do a once-off donation instead of doing patreon you can do that through our email which is vileandvice at gmail.com again b-i-l-e-a-n-d B-I-C-E at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. It's always interesting. And to be honest, me and Adi just end up just asking each other if we've seen these certain emails because we've gotten them and they were super awesome and weird and we liked it a lot. So Yes, thank you guys for reaching out. Those of you that have, we really, really appreciate it. It's always cool to hear from you all. Mm-hmm. But on that note, I think that's it from us. 
Yep, that's it for us. So be sure to, again, uh, catch Saturday's episode, and we'll see you guys November 18th. Happy nightmares. All right, happy Halloween. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Violin Vice. Cover art is by Audie Griffith. Music by Annabelle Reback. If you want to help support the show, please visit patreon.com slash violinvice or give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to. This helps us move up the charts and also helps keep the spooky stories coming.